0: oh yeah here we go practice acquisition there are pitfalls throughout the entire process if you want to buy a practice this is how folks acquisition unscripted The
1: truth when buying and selling a dental practice. And now your host, Michael Dincio. All
0: right, all right, guys. This is another episode of uh, Dental Acquisition Unscripted, and we had a great, great episode today. I'm excited because I'm a total dork when it comes to money. Um, Maybe I should have been a financial planner. Uh, because this stuff just gets me going. There's there's a game to play with money and investment and tax and the folks that understand the game win the game. And we talk about so much uh, as it relates to protecting and then investing and growing. So the first part of the episode really talks about all the things you need to do to protect yourself. And of course, it's the dirty side, as quote unquote, as Pat and I talk about. Uh, the, the protection and the insurance stuff. So you guys get hit with insurance folks from day one in dental school. And there's a reason for that, but you're going to learn a lot about this episode before maybe you should sign up with anybody learn first and get familiar. But then about halfway through the program, we, we, we transition to how to grow your money growth and that's what that's why you're even thinking about getting an ownership in the first place it's to take uh to to make more money and and to have your money work for you so that you don't have to so uh i enjoy that uh, we had a great discussion a little longer episode than than most because it was so fun um so tune in and, and and stick with it even if you have to break this up uh you know in in 10 minute increments check it out all the way through um, as a reminder, folks, I, th- I don't think I need to say this, but I, but I will. I'm a buyer's representative. I can help you do a startup. Uh, we are also a practice management uh, firm where I have folks that are amazing in all aspects of the dental practice. Next Level uh, Consultants is, is my baby. Started it, uh, uh, a few years ago and has had crazy wild success. I think we're up to 200 dental clients uh in the past three or maybe even four years now so uh we would love to have you if you're interested check it as check check me out go to the go to the website schedule a meeting one-on-one but that's not why i do this podcast i do this podcast because it's super fun and i like to give you guys great information whether you hire me or anyone else it's just great information unsolicited unscripted so without further ado let's get the program going thanks guys All right, all right, guys. Welcome. Another another great episode here coming at you today uh, on Dental Acquisition Unscripted. Um, Folks, we are going to be discussing uh, insurance and financial planning because it's such an important piece to the entire game. As you all know, we're working through the process of an acquisition and we're on the tail end of the entire uh, program. Um, And... I just find it shocking sometimes how people, uh, clients forget the financial planning part of it. Of course, the insurance part's really important because it's required by the bank. But, uh, but the, the, the guests that I, the guests that I have today are going to break down why insurance shouldn't just be a requirement of the bank, but it should be a holistic approach. And, um, but we are gonna transition to financial planning because I think that's a huge, huge piece to the puzzle. And you gotta have your you gotta have your plan in place. So uh without further ado, I'm going to bring my guests into 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 play here. So I- introducing the these two geniuses that work for Pacific Advisors, they they focus in the dental world in, like I said, insurance and financial planning. Uh Pat and Justin, welcome to the program. Guys, I'd love to hear about your firm and what you guys are all about and kind of the why behind what you guys do.
2: Pat, take it away and we'll bring Justin back. All right. Well, thanks Mike. Yeah, so our firm Pacific Advisors um has been around for quite a long time. Uh we we serve about 60,000 clients around the US and uh of which about 10,000 Our business owners. So we've got clients in in all 50 states. And and really we our 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 mission is to help people build and protect wealth and and help them design a good life for the rest of their life. So so what does that mean? There's a lot that goes into that, obviously, but that's that's the big picture what, what we're after.
0: That's awesome. So protection and and putting together that holistic approach, kinda how I teed you up. Justin. Uh, why don't you help us I- explain how you and Pat jumped in together and 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 what you guys have created here?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for having us again, Mike. Um, so, uh, so Pat and I uh, we've known each other since around 2014 or so. Um, both were kind of solopreneurs in our wealth management practice, both working in the healthcare space. And uh, you know, about two years ago, we decided to merge our practices together so we could serve more dentists um than than we've ever served before right so uh his strengths were my weaknesses and vice versa so uh it just worked out perfectly um you know I'm more on the you know the holistic financial planning side and Pat is definitely um, a great financial planner as well but he's our protection specialist I love
0: that so we ju- we actually just did a webinar uh last night together so this is kind of like a uh, hey, we ended the day with each other. Now we're starting the day together. But what I what I think is really interesting is you guys are partners. I have partners. We're talking to dentists about partnership and how that how that how the strengths and the weaknesses can really help. And uh, and and I can see that with with the protection side of things, and then the the financial wealth part of it. So that's super cool. So let's start down this journey, staying in the vein of acquisition, and go just right to right to the protection. Part of it, Pat. So, fr- from from but when you when you're thinking about buying a practice, right? The bank. Some banks are going to have requirements. Some aren't. Uh, I find that I struggle even as a a buyer rep consultant to give advice high level. I never go as deep as you guys, but I struggle with the advice because because some some folks just go for the minimum that the bank's requiring, and some folks understand this whole concept and. I don't know what's right and I don't know what's wrong. I don't think there's probably a one right answer, but can you just break down that scenario because I I guess I struggle sometimes when some banks drop some insurance but I I see value in some of that protection. So uh and and, and yeah, take the dirtiness out of insurance because the insurance salesman has definitely a dirty concept and we we've had that conversation. So Pat, help me yeah. get my head around that and and the, and the viewers or and, and listeners
2: Absolutely. Yeah. So, I, you know, I think there's when you're when you're buying a practice, there are certain insurances that are are typically required and that, that you really should have. But I think to, to take a step back, um, you know, and just just talking a little philosophy of, about the reason for having protection, um, you know, right when we when we transition from our our education years into our earning years. There's some baseline protection that we really all need to have in in place, and and we need to start with the whole why behind why are we working right? Why are we working? What is the ultimate goal? And um, and really the the whole ultimate goal is to create uninterrupted cash flow forever. Right. So you buy a business that creates cash flow for you. Right. You sell the business proceeds from that can help you produce cash flow in in retirement. So so whether you're an employee or whether you're a business owner, the the whole goal of what we're after is is creating that cash flow. And we need cash flow for the rest of our life. Right. So we need to pay our bills and we need to buy the things that we want to have in our life. It all takes cash flow. Um, But in, in terms of having cash flow forever, there's two problems. We don't want to work forever. And most people aren't physically capable of working forever, right? So what we need to do is save and invest. And we need to build assets like business ownership, like real estate, like stocks and bonds and other types of assets that that grow over time and eventually will produce enough cash flow for us that we can step away from working. We can retire and live off the cash flow that's produced by our assets. So if that's the goal, and that's what my job is to, to really help my clients, uh, accomplish we start by identifying all the threats to their cash flow. So what are all the bad things that can happen that can disrupt our income, our ability to save and invest uh, uh, you know disrupt our assets from growing or you know disrupt our ability to have that uninterrupted cash flow forever that we're after right so so what we do and as a protection specialist I identify every single threat to the cash flow and they range on a scale from minor to devastating. Right. So some some are so minor that they're going to have really zero impact over your future, whereas other threats can totally devastate your financial world in a way that we can't recover. Right. So. So what are the most devastating threats? Well, they're going to be the the permanent loss of our most valuable resource, which is our income or the permanent loss of capital. Permanent being the key. Permanent. yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and there's some gray area because some of these, you know, cash flow losses can be temporary. Uh, however, you know, when we when we think about the three areas, the 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 game over type scenarios that that we all face and we're all at risk at, you know, is number one, we could die at any time. So if we if we are married and we have a family, right, that, that is relying on our ability to work and produce income, death is the most devastating financial threat to our cash flow. To our loved this, ones to our loved ones. Not so much us. We're gone. (laughs) We're gone. Yeah, we're gone. But those who who love us and those who rely on us financially, it is devastating, right? So so we need to address that threat. Uh, Number two is getting sick, right? Getting sick, getting injured and not being able to perform the duties of your occupation, right? So a long-term disability is, uh, is the second greatest financial threat that we face. And the third, you might guess, is getting sued, right? So you know, our, our clients have spent most of their life in, in school, right? From, from you know, primary school through undergrad, through dental school, potentially a residency program, right? And, and they put so much time into their ability to, to become a doctor, right? And if they make a mistake, they could be sued professionally. And that's what, of course, malpractice is for. But as a high income earner, and especially a high income earner who has a lot of assets, also a threat for, for a personal lawsuit, Right. So those are the three main threats that we need to address, death, disability, and lawsuit. I love right? that. And, and, how, and how we do it is by transferring that risk to an insurance company. We use big insurance companies that have been around for 100, 200 years. Uh, they have huge balance sheets, and they insure thousands and thousands of people. So what we do is we transfer the risk off of our personal balance sheet off of our business balance sheet and onto those balance sheets of insurance co- companies through the acquisition of life insurance, disability insurance and various forms of liability uh insurance uh, as well. Okay. I,
0: I don't, folks, that was probably the best way of describing the insurance game like well done sir, Pat. I I've I've been on the phone and had interviews and been in this business a long time. There's lots of uh, insurance folks out there, but just the, the simple, uh, the simple explanation of that was is is perfect. Um, so, the the thing that that sparked in my in my brain, folks. I, you may not be approaching a bank yet. You might be thinking ownership later. Folks that are in the middle of it probably are going to have the same question I have is. <clears throat> there, there's a gray area then with those three things too, because the banks are asking you for the amounts. Hey, we got to cover you for this much and disability has got to be for this much. And so, the, so then that I think is really where the conversation can get crazy. But is there a philosophy, since you did such a good job of explaining why we have to do these things, Is there a philosophy on the amounts and and such uh, for those three? Can you get into that a little bit?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I I guess the philosophy starts with protecting first because we never know if and when one of these things are going to happen. So the philosophy is to protect first, right? The second step is full protection. So, for example, if if you've got a car and you're buying car insurance, are you just going to insure the rear bumper and the front bumper or you want to you want to insure the entire vehicle, so so we need we need full protection, right? Whether that's full protection based on what our income is, um, and 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 a, and a multiple of you know our age and our income, uh, or whether it's in, in terms of our assets that we're that we're trying to protect, but we need to we need to protect fully. Thirdly, we need to protect forever, right? Um, so protecting against a threat that that uh, is only going to be protected against over the next year or the next couple years is just a uh, you know pushing, pushing off the, the, the inevitable lack of protection. So we need to protect first fully and forever is the philosophy, right? Now with all the different types of insurance, there are, you know, there's uh, insurance companies that have restrictions on, on how much you're allowed to have. Uh, So for life insurance, for example, if you're age 30 or, or, or under 40, you can buy 30 times your annual income right? so that's a, a, a lot of a, a lot of life insurance that you can buy typically but why we need to why we need to calculate this is it's all about if we die what does the life insurance do to eliminate debt or produce cash flow for our loved ones uh, thereafter right so I, w- I
0: would never want to be worth more dead than alive <laughs> going 30 times dude someone would come after my head for that like that that's a I have watched uh, too many crime mystery shows like that. That sounds like a tee up for my wife taking me out. So um, the the threat of prison usually takes
2: care of that. <laughs> however, however, I I get it. But do you insure the
0: threat of prison, Pat? Do you insure that the threat of prison?
2: Uh, we we don't. Some of our property <laughs> casualty brokers, you know, might offer that kind of coverage, but so, insurance companies don't let you over Right, so there, there are, there are overinsurance rules with every type of of insurance. So they, 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 they never let you acquire more, uh, to 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 have to be worth more dead than than you are alive. However, um, yeah, that's that's kind of the the upper limit.
1: <laughs> okay, perfect. So, yeah, so Mike, Pat, I, Justin, yeah, go. Yeah, so Mike, if I may uh, tag in there uh, about what Pat was Pat was talking about and tie that into to the question of uh, you know these insurances that banks sometimes require to, to you know purchase a practice right so some mistakes that we see people do like one has to understand there's there's personal financial planning and then there's your business planning right mm-hmm. and when you're a business plan or when you're a business owner those two they overlap a lot right mm-hmm. so some of the mistakes that we sometimes see people do is they've done great planning in their in their in their personal side but then all of a sudden they're wanting to buy a practice and they're taking their personal coverages and they're shifting them to their business.
0: Yeah. Right? Like, even, suddenly, even even a, d- a dummy like me knows that one. Like I, that's something that I advise like you got to still take care of your family. Like okay, your business is great.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So we shit, you know, the bank may require, you know, 500 a million dollars in life insurance benefit to to be collateralized for the loan, right? So suddenly we see these folks, rather than keep their family protected, they shift that and they're like, well, it's okay. It's only for seven years or it's only for 10 years for the length of the loan, right? They forget that. Well, we don't wake up any given day and say, well, I want to go get hit by a bus today, right? So we we see the same thing on the disability insurance side, right? Like people will shift their personal disability insurance policy. But here's the thing that I, I want your listeners to know and the viewers to know is that is that there are specific coverages for specific things that the banks want, right? So there is specific disability insurance just for loan coverage. Mm, There's specific disability insurance just to cover the overhead of your practice.
0: I thank you for going there. Cause I was just going to ask that question is uh, that, that, that can we talk a little bit about that? Because some things are cheaper. Some things get the job. They might not be as holistic to the overall plan, but it, it's getting the job done and 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 disability and business overhead insurance oftentimes get super confused uh, can you guys break that down because that's that's a good topic in itself we could probably have an episode just on that
1: yeah absolutely i, I don't know pat if you want to take that or i can handle it yeah go for it so, yeah so so well first let's talk about individual disability insurance meant to meant to protect your income for your family, your hopes and dreams. There is no financial plan on your personal side if there is no income. Right. Now let's 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 tie that into okay, the bank says that I need to have disability insurance to cover my loan, right? Or I need to have life insurance, right? So that disability insurance is very specific to that loan and the terms of that loan. Right? So so those are those are two completely separate Items. Now, what is BOE? You might hear that term thrown around. BOE is initialism, right? BOE, business overhead expense, right? So, and by the way, you can tie in that loan coverage into the business overhead expense policy, right? But what is BOE? Well, what are all the things that happen? Right. When when you can't come into work and you can't perform the, the material and substantial duties of being a dentist every day, right? You gotta
0: pay your bills. You gotta pay, you gotta your, pay bills. your bills, you
1: gotta pay your employees, you gotta buy pay your vendors, right? You gotta pay you you gotta pay your rents. Your loan. Right? Your loan you is part, loan. Of, that. Yeah, part right? of that.
0: Yeah, right.
1: Right. So So you, you may be, maybe it's a short-term thing for you. Maybe you're, you know, that you're going to be out for 36 months, right? Or maybe you're going to be out a year or six months, whatever it may be. Like, how do you bring in an associate to see those patients that need patient care and keep them tied into your, to your practice and in the culture that you build at your practice? That's what BOE or business overhead expense is meant to do. Right. So, so oftentimes people come to us and and they get confused about what insurance to use when, and, or somebody advised them to use their personal coverage, right? And their personal coverage may not be adequate. The only time that we recommend that they use their personal coverage is if there's been a healthcare event where they can't get new coverage to cover that loan, right? So, so in the event to just get the loan to close so they can move forward with their career and their hopes and dreams of owning a practice, mm-hmm. we might use personal coverage if they can't get additional coverage because of some healthcare event that they've had since they got their personal coverage, right? Got it. Got it. So, and, and that's one of the reasons it's so important for all these dentists out there um, to get all their coverages, not, not just, you know, of course, they're not going to jump into practice ownership day one, but get their personal coverages super early in their career.
0: Yeah, I, fo- folks, <clears throat> I if I were you, I would like pause this episode, roll back a minute or two, and listen to that a couple times because there there were some details in there that you may have missed that are key. Because when I get stuck on insurance on an acquisition. Uh, as a as a buyer's rep or or someone that's working a deal as an ex-banker when when we got stuck it was always because of the, some precondition type situation where someone had an issue and we couldn't get we couldn't get insurance uh to to get the deal done. So uh roll that back folks and listen to that a couple times that that was gold. Uh Pat anything to add to that before we kind of flip over to the investment side just like any any other nuggets that sparked your brain there?
2: Yeah, I mean a couple of these types of insurances, right? We talked about the three areas being life, you know, and then accident and illness kind of disability health coverage and then there's the the lawsuit and the property casualty loss type, right? So life and disability are all health sensitive, right? And and the the younger we are when 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 we're applying for it, chances are we're going to be healthy and able to get it, right? The longer people put off just taking care of that and getting proper amounts and types of, of life and disability type coverage in place, the the longer they're just going to leave the door open to health changes impacting their ability to get it, right? So so that's why going back to, you know, the, that transition from education to earning years, you know, get some get good quality, you know, term insurance in place with a, a few million and in individual disability insurance, lock that stuff in with the ability to increase it or convert it later on without health changes, right? So that's one of the most important things early on. Um, and, and then that will, that will help when you are going to, you know, close on a practice loan and, and you're needing to get insurance, but God forbid some health change has happened. You can't get the disability coverage, business overhead to cover the loan. At least you do have the, the personal coverage to lock back, to fall back on, but, um, and you're he- you know, and
0: you're healthiest when you're young.
2: So, I mean, you get the yeah. best ratings, right? Age and health is how the the cost and the performance is based on. So Never going to be younger than we are now, right? So, so get it now and and get some good coverage that that we've got the ability to shift and, and improve and increase later on. I love that. All right, so there it is, folks. Bro- broken down, super simple.
0: Um, these guys uh, are independent; that they can get you what you need. Uh, they're not married to any particular company um with as it relates to insurance which means more options for you the best options for you i think that's that's a key uh, a key thing um so perfect insurance let's let's uh let's cross over to the the fun side so the the morbid and scary side we're done we've protected ourselves um now now let's talk about growth wealth wealth is a very fun thing to talk about and um the big picture here folks is like literally I get a call 10 times a year where m- my client the buyer is buying a practice of of someone that is literally dying or that d- died straight up and it's some kind of crazy fire sale and I and I bring that up is because it's always a it's always a shitty situation and 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 the seller, which is the family or the dying doctor, waited way too long to retire, way too long. Or it's the family fighting the buyer for every penny, every penny, so that, so that the family has some money to squirrel away for their retirement, their family. And that sucks because I'm on the other side negotiating a proper value for the buyer, a proper value. And it just sucks. Like I, I know what I'm fighting or, or negotiating against, and it's just, it's a poor situation. So to prevent that situation today, right now, we got to start planning. Day one, you went into ownership. You're going into ownership for a reason, and that's to, to to make more money. Statistically, going into ownership, you will make more money. Bottom line, it'll be stressful. It'll be harder, but the the rewards are on a whole nother level. Justin, help us understand how we can position ourselves as a as a young buyer, a young owner, because look, you're not going to have bazillions of dollars coming at you right out of the gate. You've got this huge loan obligation. You've got marketing that you're probably going to have to do that the seller wasn't doing. Like it's not like you're just going to be loaded in the first 5 years. However, there's a way to position yourself, right? So walk us through how to position ourselves as someone that's going to earn a lot of dollars in the future.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, Mikey, uh Michael. Um so so first I have to say, you know, as a registered representative and investment advisor representative, you know, there is there's you know, don't take anything that I'm about to say as personal financial advice for you. I don't know your individual situation and/or personal tax advice. However, um, <laughs> so 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 frequently, Mike, um, I, I'll get to how you position yourself for success early on. But you know, to, to piggyback on what you said, I think it's really important. Many dentists, their their business defines them in a way, right? They they run their whole lives through their business. They run all their finances through their business. They run their car leases through their businesses. They run their dinners through their business, right? So their business has been everything to them their whole life. That's right. And there's no reason for them to believe that their business isn't their retirement.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's I right? love that. So, that's, so, love so it, yeah.
1: one one reason or one thing that we often see is either a dentist will define their retirement as their business, or they'll forget that their business is a retirement asset. So the the, it's the one spectrum or the another, but what we don't often see is great comprehensive planning in the in between, right? Yeah. So 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 how does a a young dentist prepare themselves for for the best life for the rest of their life? It's and these moments of wealth that they'll have throughout their life, like spending great vacations or spending uh, early retirement or, or or travel or whatever it may be, um, whatever however they define the best life for the rest of their life, which is really what wealth is, right? Let
0: me let me. Um, let me say, let me say a testament. I love where you're going with this. Hold your, hold your thoughts, because okay. even me as a, as a small business owner that runs stuff and plays the tax game, and my financial advisors throw money in the SEP to reduce your cost. I mean, it, it is a game that affects your person. It does. the The business does affect the person, and the difference between a consulting firm and a dental office is that you can sell a dental office very easily. Cause there's really good, goodwill and I can't sell my, my, my consulting firm easily. And that's the greatest thing about a dental office is that you can easily sell it. And so I'm forced to plan because I know there's no, there's no golden egg at the end of this. So I love where you're going with this. So keep going. Sorry. I just wanted to bring that. Oh,
1: yeah, no problem. Dial this oh, so- in. This is good. Yeah. So, so, so it's, it's, I think there is twofold, right? It starts a little bit with the vision. And what I mean by that is that young, young dentists need, need an advisor or a friend or somebody who understands a little bit about life and a little bit about what retirement often looks like for people to talk to them about what do you want in the future? You may be a brand new dentist. You have no idea. You're just like, Hey, I'm trying to get to the next, Next month, right? I'm trying to hire a mid-level. I'm trying to get another operatory up and going, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. However,
1: yeah. you have to have a vision. So what what we often do with our our, our young dentists, right, is mm. we take them through an exercise of what does wealth really mean to them? What does a good life for the rest of their life look like to them? And and then how do we get there? And so what makes us I feel like a little bit different than some other you know wealth managers or financial planners out there is we often start with the end in mind because. Everything you do through your accumulation years, whether it be in your practice or like you said, you adding money to this thing called a SEP or whatever your 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 you know your retirement plan might be, all those things affect how you walk away from that spigot of money that you get from going into the office every
0: day. Yes. So yes.
1: How you structure everything, not not talking about rate of return, not talking about return on investment. I'm just talking about the types of assets. Mm-hmm. Your rate of savings. Where yep. are you putting your money? Where are you putting your human capital? Yep. Right. So, so the first thing we talk about is is and you talked about it last night on our on our webinar series, right? Like, what's that vision?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. So, so I think that any any great financial planner is going to really talk to people first about their and especially dentists, right? Because they identify themselves as a, as a dentist. This is what I do, um, and then they got to remember that they have this. Asset that they can liquidate, but they also have to. They also have to choose. Would they want to be an enterprise business owner, and what does that mean? Do they build a machine that they can walk off into retirement that still produces a little bit of income for them?
0: Yeah, yeah. Right. There's a and there's a vision around just that. There's a, there's there's a, a vision around. There's that. vision that. Yeah. People don't get don't get confused on mission statement versus vision. Too many people cross that over. Like what what my purpose, uh, what what my mission is. That's different than what your vision for your company and uh, where you want to take your your company and what you're trying where you're trying to go. That's vision,
1: right? Right. Well, and furthermore, you know, I, I would say that there's a, a three legged stool to 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 financial planning, and one of them is often forgotten about, and that's tax strategy. So, so as one is trying to build wealth, they can have all the greatest returns and their practice is doing great, but the, we often see that their tax strategy isn't optimized, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So so that doesn't mean that, um, you know, uh, that they're doing anything wrong or their accountant is doing anything wrong or their CPA or their financial advisor. Isn't. It's just maybe there's a little bit of space there for growth in their in their tax strategy. Yeah, they right? they're, they're it, not
0: they're not talking. It's the right hand and the left hand not talking.
1: Exactly. So what I encourage everybody to do along with somebody like Mike, you know, you have your attorney, you have your your wealth management team like, you know, like our our team if you know, or a team like us. Um you have your your you know, and your CPA firm. All of that team should be working on your behalf. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be out there trying to do it yourself by reading books. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't you shouldn't be trying to do your own taxes you shouldn't be able to so make build your team because the most successful practices that we see uh, and by the way i just want to point out that like everybody listening if you're a dentist you're crazy smart you know how to put in the hard work right that doesn't mean you have to on these topics
0: yeah right yeah
1: like your best investment is is you know getting your hand speed up or or investing back in your business not You know, maybe maybe you want to be educated, but maybe not reading like 10 books on how to do the taxes yourself. Right. So
0: one of the best stories, Justin, is a, a client I had who had a who had a monster practice making tons of money. And they came up with this idea of having an ice cream parlor. Across the street, and they thought they were going to be an ice cream connoisseur and it, the the business just totally f- just failed totally and they put tons of money into it ice cream parlor okay so it's, dude do what you do do what you do make the money in what you do this is why you went to school do what you do the the the, the things you don't do get great people we talked about that last night is yep. when you're in when you're in a partnership you you don't hire other professionals to help because you think you've got it all figured out because there's a lot of people in play but do what you do hire people like like i suppose us self uh self plug there to to help you navigate this crazy game
1: well another thing to to build upon what you said is is you know they probably looked at that ice cream shop as as this this investment Mm -hmm. but there's a difference between an Active investment and a passive investment, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so, a passive investment may be owning a piece of your your dental office building, right? Where there's a bunch of other, you know, uh, professionals in that building paying paying rent, and, and that you can, you know, you can offset a lot of that that you know that work. You're not in there. But if you're in there trying to manage the ice cream shop and like you know build the <laughs> recipes out, it's just your best your your time best well spent as a as a dentist is in your practice because mm-hmm. the only time that you said it best last night, the only time that your practice is making money is when it's open.
0: Yeah, that's right. right. That's so, right.
1: So so um, but coming coming back to to the tax strategy situation, right? Um, so financial organization, you know, rate of savings, which which is sounds so. Amateur and novel, right? Rate of savings, wow, like that's something that I need for my wealth, right? Um, and then tax strategy. Notice that the three-legged stool doesn't have rate of return in there or return on investment, right? Whatever that percentage is that, that the talking heads talk about on television. If you would have done X, you would have gotten Y percent, right? Really, it's about rate of savings, tax strategy and the financial organization that'll help you move in that, in that vision alongside of that move to that vision. Um, So, so sometimes what we see is uh, dental practices are way overpaying on, 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 on taxes, right? So there are strategies, I, you know, I'm not going to make any recommendations on this, 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 this uh, podcast, of course, but uh, there are strategies for, for dentists to sometimes put a, put away six figures and, and have a deduction and put that away for retirement for themselves. And that's outside the world of, things that people have heard of like IRAs and 401 ks So there are some other big ticket items out there for them to, to audition with their tax professionals and their, and their financial advisors, because tax savings is like a guaranteed return. Right. Yeah, right. Um, so anyway, feel free.
0: Question. Yeah. Uh, how does Pacific advisors work with uh it congruently with with taxes because i can tell you personally um i i tried to go with a financial adv- a firm that my my advisor today mm-hmm. it also brought in tax which is a smart smart parody but the the acquisition didn't work so hot i tried the tax with them for a year And I had to bail on the tax part. But the miss there is that now my planners and my tax people aren't under the same roof. And so I'm personally dealing with that. Hey, is my accountant and my, I'm smart enough to know that that needs to be tight. It'd be great if it was under one house. Sometimes it doesn't work because of execution or whatever. But like, what's your game plan? Do you partner with tax people? Do you have it in house?
1: How do you do that? Yeah, to answer your question is, is I actually think that, long-term that may work out better for you, Mike. Um, And and the reason for that is, is I love the idea of, of a associated professional, like a a CPA firm, um, not being on our, our, our direct team. Right. And and the reason for that is like, we're, we're both going to influence each other. Right. And then it's going to, there's going to be a narrow focus. Like what we try to bring to the table is like ideas that maybe the CPA firm hasn't, and we expect the same from them. Right. So it's, your your wealth advisor, your financial planner, right? They are really supposed to be the quarterback of your financial um, lives, right? So they're supposed to coordinate with your attorneys. They're supposed to coordinate with your CPA. And and what we our job is to do is to is to sit on the same t- side of the table of our uh, as our clients. If if we bring to a a tax strategy to the table for review by the CPA firm. We sit on the side of the table, and we have uh, of our clients, and we have the CPA firm tell us why or why not that might not work given what they see on the tax side of the business versus the wealth strategy side of the business, right? So, are you
0: saying that there's uh, a a nice check and balance there, where if it's under this, if it's nested under the same, there could be some group think, there could be some uh, screwy. How do I don't know what you know what I mean? Profit profit center type. Uh, mind thinking, like I'm not trying to create this like uh, I, I think more of adversarial like a situation, thing. but yeah, yeah group, group group, thing. group
1: thing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. so so for instance, right? Um, and and I want to I want to put a plug out there for you know CPAs and EAs and so on and so forth. They they do great work, right? But what we often see is that the the the, the tax code is very, and and I want to say again, I'm not giving anybody tax advice, right? But like like the tax code is very wide. OK, yeah. yeah. And and, cha- very, and
0: ever changing, by the way, ever changing. And
1: yes. And there's a there's a very um, there's a very large gray space between black and white. Right. <laughs> and what we and what we often right. see is that there is in between of that black and white, there's a lot of techniques mm. that are, that are ethical and legal when used properly that aren't being used by people in people's in in business owners tax strategies
0: well said right so
1: so what we and that's not at the fault of of their cpa right their cpa may be you know just doing what they're always used to like maybe it is a group think for that firm or or whatever but um what we try to bring to light as wealth managers because remember our our goal is long-term wealth Mm -hmm. prosperity the best life for the rest of your life Right.
0: Yeah. So
1: sometimes spending money today or, or having a higher tax environment today provides more, you know, tax-free um, you know, income and or more stability and control later in life. Right. Yeah. So that's where the client's vision comes in, and like, hey, here are all the tools in your toolbox. So so yeah. so what I'm trying to say by that is what we try to bring to light in the wealth management world, because we're always trying to optimize people's plans today, plus we're looking 30 years down the road. Yeah. So we look for those strategies in that gray space in between the black and white that are, again, we just to be clear that they're that are legal and ethical. Yeah. And bring those to light to people's tax advisors and say, hey, you know, Dr. So and so has this great, you know, he has three low he or she has three locations. They have all these mid-levels, they're they're doing restorative dentistry. They're just it's just, I mean, there's just tons of revenue here. They mm-hmm. have a tax issue, right? Yeah is there a reason given given the review of their the last three years of their their tax returns is there a reason why we haven't that that these strategies here haven't been recommended or have they not even been talked about and if if they have been talked about why didn't they make sense right yeah yeah that's how your call that's how your team should be working together yeah that's cool that's cool and another thing that we talked about last night um was buy sell agreements right Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. So we on the on the wealth management side of the equation, we might look at this great buy-sell agreement. And then again, we're looking at like, okay, if the buy-sell agreement says if this then that in the event of a death of one of the partners in the dental practice, this is how it's the 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 valuation of the practice is gonna be, and this is how long the remaining partner has to buy the practice. What we look at immediately is like, where does that money come from?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. So, so we're, that's, so your, your, your financial advisor or planner should really be, um, you know, the quarterback of all those allied professionals working on, on your behalf.
0: I love it. All right. So we, we spent a lot of time on tax and, and, and um, financial uh, in how that relates to financial planning. Let's do a speed round because we're running out of time. Any other suggestions for these younger uh, business owners not so much in age but young business owners getting ready to take over ownership at, as it relates to acquisition any other financial planning uh tidbits tricks whatever speed round uh because we because one of those was you know working with a financial planner and a t- and tax planning so what what else would you may you suggest?
1: Yeah, so so young business owner just going into practice ownership, right? A um, young dentist just going to get into the practice ownership. Uh, get your financial plan together early. You know, uh, you need some reserves on your balance sheet. It, you you may find that one bank requires X and one bank requires Y, and the bank that requires maybe you know X ha- provides better terms. So you you need a a, a comprehensive balance sheet that you can show to a lender um to, to show that you're worthy right they're not just going to underwrite the practice they're going to underwrite you and your financials as well right now mm-hmm. now mike knows as well as anybody banks love to give money to dentists who yes. want to buy practice yes. right yes. um so so that's one thing Separ- separately um the way mike's going to evaluate a practice when he looks at it for you is different than the way the broker's going to look at it which is different than the way even our team may look at it. Like our team, we don't, we don't have the expertise that Mike does um, on the on the clinical side or on the you know internals workings of, of the practice. But what we can look at is like, hey, like when we look at this PL, right, there's a lot of opportunity. They're they're spending too much money on this this type of benefit for their employees, or there's this cost efficiency. So we're all of your your allied professionals there are going to look at that. P and that practice differently so so get that advice from all of them and and of course somebody like Mike should be your center go-to person right like this is what he does every day right mm-hmm. so build that team of professionals around yourself don't try to go it alone um,
0: well, well said like I I think that's a beautiful place to 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 end scene here that that i try to communicate to all my clients that, that they always say well why do i need a cpa if i've got you or why do i need this person instead of you like or where do you where's the value you you bring if i have a banker and cpa and it's really hard to explain that to someone that is is very myopic about a scenario but it's it's all they know i mean I'm not, i don't i'm not judging that meant that thought or I'm not putting putting you all down and saying that but I think I think Justin said this said it right like the CPA is going to look at the things that they look at in their world I'm going to look at the 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 P&L the way I look at it in my world and Justin's going to look at it in his world and and they all uh, the the cash flow calculation should all be fairly similar but they're going to be they're going to be maybe 5 5% off because I'm looking like like he said, clinical opportunities, how to grow it, um, maybe collections at the front desk, adjustments, write-offs, maybe an insurance fee schedule strategy. that's that's gonna, that's a different world. Just is going to look at it from the benefits perspective and and opportunities that you could potentially get more. And the CPA is just going to be like, well, I've got a tax plan that I that I think I can follow. So so but but the President of the United States has this huge, table with all their advisors there's a reason for that because all of them have their expertise and you have to hear from all of those opinions before you the president of your company the business owner the decision maker can make the best decision for them so don't be afraid of hiring people bottom line final thoughts Justin
1: Mike the stakes to build upon that the, the stakes are just too high right this this is your baby this is your practice. Like the the price for a mistake, whether it be in your tax strategy, in your financial planning, in your insurance strategy, in in, in, in your consulting strategy, is going to cost you way more than any of those professionals will ever cost you.
0: Right? Well said. Yeah. Well said. So, and and that could be hard costs, but more importantly, opportunity costs. And opportunity. there are there are two different things. Opportunity cost is what it's costing you if you don't do something, uh, versus just, Hey, cut dental supplies to, to, to 4%. Yeah. Right.
1: And when you, when you, when you apply a, uh, what's called a time value, money factor to that opportunity cost and oh, you compound man. that over that, years, yes, it, it's, it's those numbers are scary, big.
0: Yeah. Well said. Well, Gosh, maybe I should have been a financial planner because this episode was was fun, was just fun because. Oh, thanks. And maybe, be, maybe it's because I enjoy money and playing the the game of money. I always call it the Game of Thrones. Uh, you know, it, <laughs> you you folks, you got into dentistry not only because you're compassionate and that you you have a nurturing uh, uh a thing thing inside you, but but also I I hear a lot of dentists say I got in it for the money too, and dentistry can be great. If you do the right things with your money, be disciplined, uh, hire amazing people like Justin and Pat. We, we lost Pat mid midway here, but we miss him in, in spirit. Uh, I am going to put their contact information below for, for you YouTube listeners or, or watchers. Uh, uh, oftentimes folks provide some cool resources that they can use and you'll have access to that. If you want to get a hold of Justin or Pat. Um, at Pacific Advisors, I'll have all that down there. But Justin, thanks so much, brother, for for being on the show. I always enjoy ha- hanging out with you, talking about this Thank stuff. Thank you. Yeah, yeah,
1: always yeah. a pleasure, Mike. Always a pleasure.
0: It was great. All right, guys, another episode finished and locked down. Keep uh, keep posted on, on on future episodes. We're gonna keep this acquis- acquisition thing going. I'm gonna. My passion is to bring you great people, great information about how to buy. Uh, and, uh, as a little plug, if you're thinking startup, jump over to the other podcast, startup unscripted, um, because startup is a whole nother world. And, uh, but, uh, but a lot of the same, uh, a lot of same strategies, a lot of the same things that Justin and Pat talked about today apply to startup. So, um, that being said, signing off Mike Dincy with next level consultants, Justin, thanks again, buddy.
1: Thank you. want to hear from you
0: interact with your host michael densio follow us on facebook instagram and youtube comment and subscribe